really got to try on that left hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty had over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game. It didn't seem to work out. Hello, cheers, and welcome, welcome to the Scrum of the Earth, the weekly show that brings you news, reviews, great interviews, and so much more all about the world of rugby union. Today is yet another bonus pod. I'm ecstatic to be joined by two of my favorite recurring guests. They are, of course, John and Craig from the Scottish Rugby Podcast. Guys, it's great to have you both here at the same time. Uh, John, let me start with you. How are you doing? Uh, oh, yeah, very well, thank you. Very well, it's good to be here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we've managed to overcome our difficulties with uh, Greenwich Mean Time. Uh, we have solved this conundrum and we are here. So glad, glad to be here. If only there was a way to save daylight somehow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Oh, we already do that. <laughs> yeah, that was me. Uh, so my, my little plan is to get you guys kind of fired up for your regional sides. I've prepared some lovely words for you both, in fact. So John, a man named Alexander Smith, he wrote a poem simply titled Glasgow. And it reads in part, city, I am true son of thine, ne'er dwelt I where great mornings shine. Around the bleeding pens, ne'er by the river, uh, rivulets I strayed, and ne'er upon my childhood weighed the silence of the glens. Instead of shores where ocean beats, I hear the ebb and flow of streets. Are you feeling the pride welling up there? <laughs> I mean, I'm concerned about how many places he said he can go. Uh, there's, a, <laughs> there's a lot of places this boy isn't going. He knows Glasgow quite well, actually, I think. Quite, quite clearly an east sider uh, def- definitely knows knows you can't there's definitely places you can't go near the river unless you, you want to end up in the river <laughs> instead of shores where ocean beats i hear the ebb and flow of streaks that's that's good stuff i love that one it's a good line it's a good line so craig how are you doing as well uh afternoon yeah doing doing great um just a a, a long day at work so just quite happy to sit and blether on about rugby this afternoon and uh, this <laughs> evening and uh, it's, it's great doing great Thanks. We aim to meet all your blathering needs for sure. Oh, you'll get especially with me and John, you'll get plenty of blathering, and usually, <laughs> it's, usually it's over the top of each other. <laughs> what can we do? So, Craig, for you, I, f- I found a lovely piece that I've excerpted here uh, from a writer named Valerie Gillies, and she says in part, "Stone above storms, you rear upon the ridge. We live on your back. It's crag and tail, spires and tenements stacked on your spine. The castle and palace linked by one rope." We wander through your windy maze. All our voices are flags on the high street. From the sky's edge to the gray firth, we are the city. You are within us. Craig, are you feeling it? Is the city within you? The city's been within me since I was born here. So, uh, I'm, uh, it, uh, yeah, it's a funny thing. We talk about the rivalry between Glasgow and Edinburgh, and mm. both cities are incredibly different. Uh, for your listeners to, that, that may not have visited, um, the both cities are incredibly different. Mm. Um, but actually, we're very, both very, well, I can't speak for John, but I know that he's very, very proud of where he comes from. And I'm very, very proud of where I come from. So, uh, yeah, it's always good to hear verses that have uh, been put together about your hometown. Well, both of your cities represented themselves quite nicely this weekend. I'm hoping to get into all the pride and the hope and the good feelings you all must be having right now. 
So thanks to you both for carving out some time to join us here on the Scrum of the Earth. I always appreciate it. It's basically the most fun I get to have these days. <laughs> uh, I do want to ask anything to report on or from your own pod. I always, of course, list the links in my notes, but is there anything coming up that you, we should know about special events, special guests, anything on the horizon? I guess what I'm asking is, when am I coming back? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you want, buddy, just give us a shout. Um, I don't know. So we're obviously we're, we're in the middle of the women's Six Nations at the moment. So uh, I, we've been doing uh, pods specifically on on that, which has been really good, really well received, and um, very well done stuff. I've really been enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, so, some of the guys like I, I I don't confess to be like nearly as close to women's rugby as, for example, Craig is. Um, the knowledge that the guys bring to the table with with the with the game is is phenomenal and. It's for me. It's really, it's really important that we have the way the way it's worked out. Obviously, we've got the women's Six Nations separate to the men's, and for me, that is absolutely crucial. Uh, you just look at the development of the game, and actually, like if you compare it in some ways, thinking about looking at women's football, soccer for your listeners, and look at the development of women's soccer in Europe and in the UK, and the growth in the spectators in that area. Having the rugby tournament separate to showcase these athletes is mm -hmm. phenomenal. So, uh, so it's been am, great. Am I right in thinking that. that they used to sort of compete with each other? They'd be on the same weekend. You have to decide as a viewer. I'm going to watch this. Usually, this. the women's game would be on just after the men's. Oh, okay. Actually, which um, at, at a different location, but it would be at a different. So basically, you're taking, you know, say for example, Murrayfield, sixty-seven thousand people there, but the women's game's on straight after at a different venue. So there's no chance any of those supporters are going oh. to make it to that game. Oh wow! So, uh, it was it was very strange the way they done it. So uh, yeah. it's much better this way. I think they could probably agree. They're like, oh, this hill isn't quite tall enough. Maybe we can make it steeper. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, well, they're still doing that because they're uh, they've, they've held a, a a game this this uh, this year at Scotstoun, and that's really hellish to get to as well. So, uh... <laughs> For the... You behave yourself. You behave yourself. It no, is, no, I, I, it's I only totally 17 trains, Craig. Come on. Like, <laughs> yeah. If you want to be there, you can be there. If you're a true supporter, you'll have a season exactly. ticket for the for the buses. Exactly. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ouch. Shots fired. Aye, but uh, no, um, I, I'm with John on this, uh, and we were very lucky to have um, Rachel Law um, on the podcast a couple of weeks back. Um, yep. Rachel's on the, um, the the cusp of a Scotland cap. Um, she would, uh, if it wasn't for injury and COVID, she would have had a Scotland cap. And uh, so we've had her on. And I believe, well, she's very similar to you, David. She wants to come back on, and uh, and we've got we'll, we'll we'll no doubt have a roundup of the um, the Scottish. Um, well, Sorry, you, of the of the Six Nations further down the line. So, um, well, you know what they say: rugby doesn't have racial rules; it has racial laws. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, and, and our, our sister, funnily enough, she's we we tried our best not to talk about her sister too much because we were trying to respect the uh, the guest that was on. But her sister is Sarah Law, who is uh, who got her fiftieth cap um, um, wow. last week um, for Scotland. So um, uh, it's. Uh, you know, it's a tight, tight community. The Scottish women's rugby uh, uh, sort of side of things, and um, and it's great to have this ability to now celebrate and 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 have the focus. It's like our, it's like our um, Super Six 
um, yeah, semi-professional. Yeah. Um, they're they're playing their games in the summertime, so so you don't you, you don't have to say right. Well, today I'm going. You know, I'm an Edinburgh fan, but I want to go and watch Watsonians. Um, you know, I'm going to have to choose who I'm going to go watch. Um, now that you can pretty much watch your all your all your rugby all the way through the season, which is great, and uh, and it's always it's always good to have that. So and it's and it's been shown, especially in the six the women's Six Nation with the crowds that we're getting. Well, the uh, so I saw something recently, you know, just within the last couple of weeks about um, Italy has committed to some professional contracts for their own women. It seems like countries are finally realizing this is something that it's inevitable. We got to do it. And uh, but Scotland haven't haven't really done that yet. Is that something on the horizon? There's more talk about this. Craig's probably a better place to talk about this, but <laughs> certainly that yeah, certainly there is a. There's rumblings and there's discussions, but again, I mean, I don't think the SRU will listen to this, Craig. So you're probably okay to hammer in. I'm, but, allowed, I'm allowed to. I'm allowed to rant, John. Uh, you, you, I mean, I think I think it's probably fair, but I mean, they don't like me anyway, I so I, I'm probably fine. <laughs> You go, well, you know, for some reason they're, they're, they're not talking to me now either. So, uh, so I think it's uh, you've had your by effect, association, buddy. That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I think the issue we have is is uh, what they've done with Italy is that it's a it's a they've given twenty five contracts out and they're semi professional. They're they're an amount of money or 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 an amount of help. Mm. Um, it, it feels um, like here's some money um, it's not really a living wage but if you live at home with your parents you don't have to also have a job yeah very much so and and, and Scotland at the moment um, have exactly the same situation um, they have some semi-professional players they have uh, they have what what their coach uh, Brian Eason described as um, a situation of, of helping those mm. who need help whether it's talking to their universities to give them more study time um, or get them recordings of their, um, uh, of their <laughs> lectures, which <laughs> is crazy. I'll talk about that in a second. So if this was wrestling, we'd hear Nigel Ray music right now, right? Yeah, very much so, because <laughs> the, the big issue you have is the fact that um, Glasgow celebrated, um, what, what was it, Ross well, Thompson? It was Ross Thompson, Ross yeah, Thompson. Glasgow, Glasgow University was being celebrated as Glasgow University's Ross Thompson, who gets recordings of his lectures and 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 plays professional rugby as well as studying for a degree. <laughs> and then, uh, the, so they tweeted that and immediately underneath it came um, a couple of uh, Scottish professional women, uh, rugby women saying basically, uh, well, actually, when I asked Glasgow University to, uh, if I could record, um, the, I could get recordings of lectures, etc. I was told no. So it's like, just everyone seems to know how to hit Scottish rugby again, hit, hit themselves with a proverbial frying pan in the face, <laughs> as usual. So, but yeah, to go back to your point, um, at the moment we are, um, what, how can I put it? Scotland's rugby are trying to build Scotland's women's rugby with a hope and a prayer at this moment mm. in time. Um, and uh, it's almost like... Um, uh, trying to deal with gun gun control with thoughts and prayers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 I'm 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 really getting quite angry about it now because there's a we're having discussions. Uh, there's currently some of the um, English media are starting to talk about um, having a two tier women's 
Six Nations because yeah. England, England, you know, England. They're it's just not so tired of laying the smackdown over and over again. They're, they're just so tired of scoring 50 points on everybody and this, that and the other. And what we're trying, and, and what we're, what I'm trying to say to Scotland is we are behind the curve. Curve. We were behind the curve when when the men's game went professional, um, and we went through ten years of absolute dire results, not mm. scoring tries. Um, I think the only people that came out of that that looking good was Chris Patterson and and um, uh, and Greg Laidlaw because they could kick very very well and yep. they saved us a few uh, a few <clears throat> embarrassing games game ones. You know so. We need to be about, we should have been ahead of the curve far, far quicker. Um, so, you know, so. I, I'm wondering if you can answer this, actually. So recently I've had a chance to talk to some people within uh, Major League Rugby, and I've asked, you know, if I would, if you had somebody come along with unlimited pockets and they could just say, here's any amount of money you need, would that solve USA Rugby? Would all of a sudden it become as big as we want it to be? Would we suddenly be able to compete on that international level? And he said, no, that there is no amount of money because it's not in the schools yet. But mm. it sounds like you have you have it thoroughly throughout the schools. Is it simple enough that if I was rich, I could go solve Scottish women's rugby right now? I could say, here's five million dollars or something and just say, boom, here's professional contracts. And now we can take this seriously. I, I wouldn't say you would solve it straight away. The issue we have, and, and I think we've talked about quite a lot, John, haven't we, um, uh, is the fact that, for example, if you watch the Wales women v Scotland women game from a couple of weeks ago, yep. um, what you can see with Wales, even though they've just got contracts, they've maybe had six months of professional contracts, and when we talk about professional contracts, it's a basic living wage for the Welsh, the Welsh yeah. women. What you're seeing now is that the passes that may have been dropped or the tackles that may have been missed have started to be hit and the passes have started to go home. Just that extra time training. Absolutely. And we were talking about it on the pod last week about, um, I think it was Jenny Jenny Maxwell, I think it was was the the Scotland 9. If you watched her play on on the weekend, a lot of her passes were coming out head height or to the knees, they weren't hitting the middle of the body. Oh. And if you, if she was fully professional, now, okay, if she's a doctor or she's a vet and she's getting paid a far better wage than she would be paid with Scottish rugby, of course, she's not going to be fully professional. But um, if she was a full professional, if I was a coach, I'd be saying, right, well, every morning before you start, you know, you, cut, you go to the gym, you come out of the gym, then you hit the Orium and you do, I want 100 passes off both arms, then yep. you do any start on training. And she can do that because that's her job. Right. Um, whereas at the moment, it's very much a, right, well, um, you can't, she hasn't, you know, she's having to get up in the morning, go and deal with her job, then come to yep. training. And <clears throat> Answer 60 emails. Exactly, and try to, try to. So it's a real difficult situation. Professionalism doesn't create superheroes. It creates people who can do the basics every time. Right. That's, that's ultimately what it's about. And that doesn't, as you say, you know, you, you could throw all the money in the world at that. That doesn't change the basics. I think one of the great examples that I look at, uh, the George, Georgian rugby, They've, they've been bankrolled to an astronomical amount of money. Really? 50,000-odd-seater stadium. Um, they've had a lot, of, a lot of funding thrown at them. 
and they've improved, but they haven't improved like relative to like so you could probably say their budget is the Georgia rugby budget is probably equivalent to maybe a Glasgow or an Edinburgh, but they haven't improved to that extent. They've simply kind of because it's all relative as well because everyone else is improving, everyone else right. is spending money. Yeah. Um. So it is. It's simply. You know, the thing that money gets you, time and coaches. Good coaches coming in, getting your... Getting your I've learned your, this your year from the Free Jacks, the support staff is so key, getting those extra people. This person is a specialist. This person's a specialist. It's so big. Have, I mean, thinking about Scotland, for example, uh, the Scotland men have had access to specialist coaches. And it's almost like you notice the difference almost instantly because good coaches can get their message across straight away. And professional players, people used to professional environments, are able to absorb that message quickly and replicate it. So it's about creating an environment where the girls have all got time to be professional rugby players, but also then having those coaches, those support staff, everything mm. around them to, to enable them to, to be successful. I, I remember reading, um, it was our rugby players uh, book, and they talked about the environment of being a professional rugby player is like the most mollycoddled you'll be in your life. <laughs> because literally the job of that professional rugby player is to perform for 80 minutes. Everything else that goes around that is to enable that. So it's you are literally like the person was saying, I don't know where my passport's kept. I don't know where these things are. I don't need to know. It's yeah, not my yeah. job to know. My job's to go and deliver 80 minutes of rugby. The training I do during the week is part of that, mm. but ultimately it's about that end performance, and that's what professionalism is about. It's removing the distractions from guys who, you know, you can never be in the right mentality. If you've done a week's work as a vet or a doctor, you've had all the traumatic experience that being a doctor gives you for the week, and then you have to turn up on a Saturday and play rugby. Mm. That's, that's not you're never going to be in the right mentality. I, I feel like you just hit on it too, that, that mental difference of knowing I don't have to think about what work work is going to have in store for me tomorrow. Am I missing an email right now? Did I miss a yep. zoom or something like that? Like just not having to think about, Oh wait, what are the other things I need to do? And just, okay, this is, I'm here, I'm in it. And that's it. Yeah. Well, there's, that's there's, there's an example today. Well, yesterday we tried to put a podcast, we tried to put this together for yesterday and my work got in the way, John's work got in the way. And, 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 and so, you know, you can't do that, you know, and this is just for a podcast and a natter and a couple, you know, yeah. a, a, a chat and not that we don't take this serious, but we take it serious, but it's, hey. uh, you know, <laughs> we, we, of course, of course, of course we take it serious, but it's a, but it's a, you know, we don't, we don't have to then come along to training and perform. Right. Um. So it, it's, 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 it's just, and also you've got to look at, for example, Brian Easton and I've forgotten his second in command, Um. but that there's two coaches looking after there's more coaches looking after Edinburgh than <clears> there's <throat> Scotland women. So Tyro Tyrone Holmes. Tyro, yeah, that's it. Yeah, Tyron, yeah, just yeah. Defense coach. Yeah. So it's difficult, you know. Well so <laughs> by the way, none of that was on script. I'm really glad we <laughs> I'm now fearful for <laughs> Oh, we, we will we'll take this wherever we need to take this, bro. We're all good. <laughs> so uh, my my plan is to talk about the URC, but before we get to that, I did want to, t uh, you know, before we talk about the state of the Haggis Cannoli Shield, can we chat a little bit about the, uh, the, the madness of the European competitions? 
<laughs> and so, by the way, for any new listeners, John and Craig have a bit of a friendly, uh, friendly rivalry. We've already hinted at it. John supports Glasgow and Craig supports Edinburgh. As I said, both sides got nice wins this weekend. Uh, so, John, I'm not sure how much you got to watch, but, uh, you know, can I start with you? Do, what did you think of the uh, the tamings of the Falcons this weekend? So, I've, I didn't get to see much. I saw some highlights. Uh, I saw some of the, so the frustration for me, um, great, great result, by the way. Let's put it in context. Great result. Away from home at Newcastle. Yeah. That's a, it's a very, very decent result. Um, the frustration for me, right, so Glasgow looked at times, like, and I think I've said in various different places, like Glasgow rugby for me is a thing. It's a type of, a way of playing. Hmm. Actually, Edinburgh are playing a lot more like Glasgow of old huh. this season under Mike Blair. It's much more free-flowing, adventurous rugby, and it's entertaining. And it's good to watch. And at times against Newcastle, Glasgow cut loose and looked at their absolute best. The problem we've got is that it's so, like, stop-start for Glasgow. They... they hmm. They never are able to take that, and then, but like what Edinburgh do so well. Yes, I'm going to, I'm going to give Edinburgh praise Ooh, here, Greg. Whoa, hold I'm, I'm the feeling a bit, I'm feeling a bit faint at the moment here. <laughs> Time marker set. <laughs> it's not what you told me last night that you were feeling. <laughs> <laughs> right, what Edinburgh have done really well this season is they build on momentum. So when they have a spectacular solo try or you know, great interplay and score from length of the park score, they build on it. They, they always back it up. Be that, they get back up the park, they get a penalty, or they consolidate. Glasgow are so good just now at scoring a wonder try and then missing three tackles and let the opposition in. We are, like, infuriating at it just now. And it's a, it's a mental thing. The guys, like, for me, it's, it's a coaching issue. You can't that was my next question. Past it. Yeah, it is. It's a coaching issue. Like, uh, top quality coaches don't let players away with that. They don't. And, you know, you can look at the difference in Scotland when Vern Cotter came in um, to the previous coaching team. It's just that that is no longer acceptable. There's no, like, all right, well, you're such and such a player. So, you know, I mean, you scored some tries, you get away with it. It just isn't acceptable. So, I think Glasgow looks, it's a good result, but it's a, for me, it's another frustrating part of the season. Mm. Compare it actually to the Exeter win, compare it to some of the big wins we've had in the league, where we're doing well, but ultimately we're still tripping ourselves up at the worst times. So it's, yeah, it seems, a bit, of a, it seems a bit of a roller coaster. Yeah, very much so. Yeah. <clears throat> and good, te- good teams, it's not a roller coaster, it's a consistency. Even when you're losing, you're close. Yeah, and yeah. Gla- Glasgow have not done that recently. So, Craig, you sent me a picture from the goddamn health stadium this weekend. Mama. Uh, I, assume, <laughs> I assume that was you there with your son, unless your friend's demographics skew significantly younger than ourselves. Yeah, no, no, that was uh, that was Boy Wonder, who um, is currently, uh, I haven't seen him yet because I've been away for a couple of nights, but apparently has got himself a... Um, uh, taking inspiration from the bad haircuts of Bath and has got himself a, a mullet. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Pictures <laughs> or it didn't happen, Craig. I'm waiting to I'm waiting to see this. I'm not looking forward to coming home to see this. But anyway. On the what position does he play? 
He's a second second row and a, he's ah. a he's a Sam Skinner um lock stroke um back row hybrid. I, I would say, I would say the good news is that. yeah the good news is I think he's officially qualified for Australia now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the residency mullet wall. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Then uh, the, the pundits can talk about there aren't enough mullets in this locker room. <laughs> yes, I think Chalmers going off his nut about mullets. Uh, <laughs> so, absolutely. Like to see that. so, so Craig, it was the second emphatic win for your boys in consecutive weeks. You know, what was your reaction at the time? You were there. It must have been great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've uh, Bath came, to, Bath Rugby came to the uh, Dam Health um, with. Uh, what we would call full noise. Um, they came up with some impressive players on the yep. list. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they, know, they should I, be so much better than they are. I don't know what's up with Beth. It's weird. Oh, they, they really, um, I would, I would absolutely love to say that, um, that uh, it was all down to Edinburgh and, their, and, and, and Mike Blair. Sure. But I've got to say their defending was absolutely terrible at points yeah um you know we had that score from um uh from mark bennett who basically walked you know had two guys hanging off him as he walked over the try line um <laughs> pierre schumann came from uh, for his try the first the first part of that you could see him running from the halfway line and the boys were on the 22 yeah. and you saw you saw him coming you could hear the noise and everyone was going oh as he was running you just <laughs> Everybody knew who was getting the ball, and they still he's got still pace. Oh, they, they, I've never have, seen a. I've come to love that man so much. He's awesome. I've never seen a seventy-five ton truck drive that fast in my entire <laughs> life. You know, coming know. through the middle of the dam. So it's it, it, it's it's one of those situations. Bath were Bath. You know, they were they were good at the beginning. They 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 were very Glasgow esque. Um, they they came out they came out hard at the beginning and then just lost it in the second half, um, and 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 we put the put the hammer down at the in the second half and and, and I have to say this and, and I always and John will laugh because we always talk about it but Blair Kinghorn was on fire him and the 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 ten twelve with him and James Lang seems to be clicking really well at the moment so um, yeah really really great performance. Um, we were worried about. I'm sorry, I'm going on a little bit here, but I will say we were worried about the front row mm. um, because obviously Schumann um, and uh, uh, now it's um, Lilo Lilo Atalifo. They were the two stronger candidates out because the other two guys are quite young. Um, because we've got we've got a couple of prop forwards who are out injured. But actually, the young lads came on and put in, and were incredibly strong as, uh, as well. Courtney so and Williams both came on, weren't yep. they? Which, again, yeah, decent players. Give, give credit where it's due. For me, that was probably Blair Kinghorn's best performance at 10 that, mm. I, I, that I've like been witness to. I think, uh, you know, I was, I, was, I was reflecting on it earlier on, and there's an element of, you know, growing into a role that you've been thrown into, you know, it's the first season in a role. And you can see his confidence improving. You can see the the basics are improving. And that that comes with time, comes with time in the saddle. We've, we've you know, yep. we've talked about that. It's really important for guys just to get 
game time, particularly in the 10 shirt. You don't, you can run training drills till they're coming out your ears, but it's actually doing it in game time. And I think King, Kinghorn it really did benefit. Lang, Lang had a cracker outside him, and I thought that really helped him. Uh, they two worked really well together. And, you know, it's it, it's good to see. It's good to see that, that that's progress there. They are a decent team, Greg. So I'll, I'll give you that Kinghorn had a good game against a good team. Uh, <laughs> so, but I mean, look at that. Like, Who would have thought that Blair Kinghorn would come up? I know, right? Um, <laughs> I mean, like, but look at that. As Craig says, Bath brought the noise, right? Look at that back row. They start with Bayless, mm. uh, under Underhill, and Fallatow. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah. that's a pretty tidy back row. Particularly if you think uh, Bayless has so been absolutely tearing up recently. Underhill has. I mean, he's got more muscles in his shoulders than I think like most <laughs> of Scotland have got combined. <laughs> He is huge. And then Toby Fallatow is just a worldie. But Edinburgh have their own world-class back row and kept them quiet and made sure that they delivered platform for, for Kinghorn, for Velicott, for Lang to just create havoc. So it was Craig, a great performance. Craig, Very can you believe what you're hearing right now? Um, I, I would say... Um, I, 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 would, I would like to to absolutely rip the mick out of him. But unfortunately, <laughs> I'm not going to do it because, because <laughs> I, I know we we play off each other quite quite a lot on the on the um on the podcast, but I know that John loves rugby and he loves a good team. Sure. And when he sees a good team, he always acknowledges it. Um and I always I'm the same with Glasgow. Glasgow, yeah, that's uh, you know, when I'll I will i will i will stand up for Glasgow um when I have to. But um if when we start talking about Scottish rugby, um, then obviously I'm going to side myself to, to Edinburgh. But uh, um, <laughs> yeah. if Glasgow the, against uh, Exeter, I'll, I'll quite happily side on the side of Glasgow. The, ri- so, the rivalry uh, tends to be quite... Uh, we've talked in the past. Yeah. Like, the rivalry itself is, is fabricated. Nonsense. It's, it's like, as intense as it is amicable. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> like, the, thing, the, thing, the thing is, though, I'm still having, a con- I'm still having conversations in the Lothian stand with Edinburgh fans about whether Blair Kinghorn is actually a ten. That's 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 surprising actually because I thought your cult would have absorbed them all. Well, obviously <laughs> those those are the rejects. Those are the ones that we've uh, we've, we've black blackballed. Yeah, uh, yeah. excommunicated. Excommunicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can spot them by the rough uh, rough hewn tunics. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> they're, they're wearing the twenty nineteen shirt. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've they've had the orange bits of the of the hoodies right, yeah. chipped. Right. The, the, what was it? What was the what was the, the boy that got the? Uh, so he was played ten and twelve for you guys a few years ago. He got a Scotland cap. He was a New Zealander. And he got a Scotland cap. Uh, he was absolutely honking, but I can't remember. It'll come back to me. But I like in my head that is post. Like that's the pre. Edinburgh to the to the, the orange and the burnt orange and blue era. Yeah. This is like yeah. ch- chain mail and red and purple, uh, red and red and silver era, Edinburgh. So I imagine like the excommunicated guys are in the chain mail, and these guys <laughs> yes. are like these guys in your purple. The urban, purple. The why why am I desperate to say purple? Why am I talking about the purple? Oh, orange <laughs> and blue, purple. Where is the purple coming from? For goodness sake. 
so I, I did notice, and I'm sh- I'm absolutely positive it's because I complained about it here on my pod. That's the only reason it could possibly be. But the EPCR they have fixed their website, so the actual fixtures for next week or for uh, for May look to be accurate, which is a nice little change. And if that is the case, that means that Edinburgh you're going to get a home match while Glasgow have to go on the road. Uh, John, has the, is that going to make a big difference when this tournament comes back in a couple of weeks? Hundred percent. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I think, like, <sighs> admittedly, Glasgow were on the road, but Newcastle is, you know, as being taken a test. Newcastle is just down the road. In American terms, it is right next door. Really? That's what three, two hours. Really? Yeah. Two, two it's hours? Uh, three hours from my three hours from my home. Two hours from Edinburgh. Um, and it's uh, it's it's all to the point. Scotland almost invest uh, the SRU almost invested in the Newcastle to have a to have part a part professional team. Really? Um, and it's on they, the doorstep. Yeah, and then they decided to then they decided to send their money over to uh, Old Glory and, old and glory. Well, isn't isn't that paying us back? Yeah, that's that's worked out really well. <laughs> yep. <laughs> SRU investments, yay! Uh, no, Newcastle Newcastle's just on the doorstep. Next step, so- the Dallas Jackals. <laughs> so, a wee, a, a wee trip to France for Glasgow, I, I think it is a step too far for us. I think, uh, but again, that's the frustration about this side. Like, they could go to France, turn in a phenomenal performance, and actually, like, blow a team off the park and then lose to the Dragons next week. It is just so inconsistent. We are. Yeah, it's, it's so frustrating. So I think it makes a huge difference for us, but ultimately, yeah, it's we're basically French rugby, right? Like French rugby before French rugby got good and that there's so little consistency. Well, this Lyon team that you're going to be facing, I've barely ever seen them, like ever. Um, I have a vague recollection that their coach looks like a serial killer. Am I on the right track with that? <laughs> I mean, every French rugby team, yes. It's true. You... They look like serial killers with really nice glasses. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, Craig, your team is going to be facing a Wasps team that I 100% cannot figure out this year. What are your expectations leading into that? Sorry, you broke up there a second. My Wi-Fi oh. is absolutely rubbish there. Oh, sorry. I, I just said that uh, Edinburgh is going to be facing wasps in a few weeks, uh, yeah. and I absolutely can't figure out wasps this year at all. It seems like they're incredible one week, and then they're terrible the next week. Do you have any sort of expectations, you know, in advance of this one? Yeah, I think um, I think we're it's going to be a difficult game, uh, um, uh, depending on what team wasps bring and what mentality they bring. Um, the if it's anything like the Bath game, uh, they'll not have a lot of travel and support. So um, hopefully the uh, the the damn health will, um, will will be loud and and, and it will put them on the fragile uh, the fragile edge and hopefully we'll get the we'll get the edge on them. But um, yeah, it's uh, they've got some they've got some phenomenal players, but they're, but they're very much you know for example Umanga who plays uh, sometimes ten, sometimes fifteen. Um, he can he can be an absolute superstar and then make absolute hard work of it at other times. Mm. Um, you know they've got uh, Jack Willis, um, who is who is just 
immense on the back row, um, coming back from injury at the moment. So he can really, he, he'll know how to um, how to disturb a few rucks and how to, how to gain some penalties from us. So, you know, it, it's a tough game. Um, I think we'll take it, but it's a tough game. So I don't know if either of you guys spend any time gambling or betting. You know, I don't do that, not because I have some moral opposition to it. I just... I just feel like that's a, a really quick way to lose a bunch of money. <laughs> Even if you're an expert, I feel like, you know, like you might as well just, you know, flip a coin and pick that way and you're as, as likely to win. Um, so I was trying to look up odds for the quarterfinals. And as usual, I found that just the very process of looking completely baffling. I think I eventually discerned at least some basic stuff, which is Saracens are heavy favorites to win, win the Challenge Cup this year. I think the least likely teams are Gloucester, the Wasps, London Irish, and then Glasgow in that order. Uh, I don't even know if you guys know. Am I, am I seeing that right? Does that sound accurate? It sounds about right. I'm actually, as we do this, I'm going to look up the odds. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, so... Do you place bets? Do you do you bet on these games? Okay. Occasionally, yeah. yeah. Particularly, like generally, the Six Nations. I like a wee. Oh, okay. I like a wee bet during the Six Nations. Usually, a, a first try scorer is always a good a good fun bet. Uh, for for Scotland. Um, so, are you still doing DoorDash to make up for this past Six, six Nations, or? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I had to take a fourth job. <laughs> uh, but I'm just seeing if they've got the actual uh, actual cup on here. I bet they don't. <laughs> so uh, European it... Rugby Challenge Cup. Yeah. Here we oh, here we go. Out, right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, Sarries are the favourites. Yeah. Edinburgh are fourth favourites at fourteen to one. Okay. Wow. Uh, and Glasgow are 20 to 1. Uh, so, uh, based on the odds just now, Edinburgh are favourites to beat Wasps and Leon are heavy favourites to beat Glasgow. Interesting. So, so yeah, I was just going to say, you know, if what I, what I thought I found was accurate at all, um, it does seem like Glasgow have a much tougher road. Uh, through what I've heard, uh, read, just read as the gastronomy capital of France, which seems like quite a claim. Uh, <laughs> they've, they've obviously not been to Glasgow. <laughs> exactly. You're not that, food, that, that food looks good. <laughs> can I fry that? You absolutely can. Don't you let anyone can. tell you you can. Now, listen. Hey, I, I'm in America, delicacy, believe me. <laughs> the delicacy you have to have is a pizza crunch. Pizza crunch. A, is this a fried pizza? It's a fried pizza. Um, it's, it's it's a pizza, a frozen pizza taken out the freezer, dipped in butter and thrown in the thrown in the fat, and cooked. And and I if can't you believe ever need... my country hasn't accepted that challenge head on, and exactly. then stuffed that dough with with cheese, and then <sighs> crusted it in Oreo. That sounds gonna, like our version of that. Not gonna lie, that sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm, I'm hungry. Me too, right? <laughs> Tell you what, another one on that topic: haggis supper, mate. Oh well, that a, is a, a haggis, deep fried haggis. I I can't. Yeah. I imagine if I ever try haggis, it's going to have to be deep fried for sure. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, whoa, 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 whoa! I would try it. I would try it. Not deep fried first. Get get huh. feel for it and then deep fry it. It's magnificent. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, John, when you bring the fry later to Lyon in a few weeks, uh, <laughs> what are you going to have to do with it to uh, to escape with a win there? You know, the the thing with going going to France, right? The crowds, even at provincial level, so the great. Crowds are insane, right? And you have to 
you have to silence that very quickly. Now, French, French crowds notoriously are very picky. They like their rugby. They like to make noise, but they only follow a team that's going forward. Mm. So Glasgow will have to rely on big ball carriers, get some front football, some territory. Guys like Jack Dempsey, Sam Johnson, guys like that who can get Glasgow moving forward, breaking some tackles. If they can do that, they can get a wee bit of field position, get the crowd off their back. I think there's an opportunity there, but it's it's a huge ask. It's a huge ask. We own our third in the French division. Just are now. they? They are. They're, they're doing really wow. well. They've had a great season. Like it's a massive ask. And if you think of the resources that these clubs have available to them, compared to mm. well, compared to both Glasgow and Edinburgh, right? It's 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 we're we're taking we're taking a pea shooter to a, you know to to like a proper like missile fight. It's, we've got nothing. So well, I think the words salary and cap actually have no French translation. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Le salary, le cap, no, no. I think it's, a, it's the same word in, in Irish as well. Ah, uh, yes, uh, yes. <laughs> Called government intervention. <laughs> it's an old Gaelic word, you know. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I Google it. <laughs> so, Craig, meanwhile. You get to stay in the comforts of home. And and by the way, will you be going to this this European match? Yeah, they've just announced the tickets today, actually. Um, and uh, uh, early to the season ticket holders. So um I'll be um I will be there. It's 12:30 kickoff. That's awesome. Um on, oh, on, so a, on a Saturday. So uh we'll um and we don't have the uh the the, the football problem that we have in Edinburgh that we, that Glasgow have. So right. um, we sh- I would expect us to have a, a, a fairly full damn health. Um, so yeah. So as I say, you, you'll you'll be at home in a venue that's been working out swimmingly this inaugural year, and you'll be facing a team tied for the worst odds in the competition I saw. Um, so what are your what is your path to the semifinals? Um, I think just more of the same. I think uh, plenty of defense. Mm-hmm. Buffelli all the time. Buffelli, Buffelli, Buffelli with a bit of Kinghorn. Actually, you know the funny thing about it is. Um, uh, I thought, who now? Who went off? I think Buffelli went off um, uh, with an injury, and they brought on. They moved. Uh, who did they move? They moved someone back to fifteen and brought Jakob van der Volt on into oh. the centres. And so we had really? we had ten. We had Kinghorn at ten, um, Langers at twelve, and I think we had Jakob van der Volt coming in. And uh, at, at thirteen, and do you actually, like him? I feel like he gets a lot of flack. I feel like he's a good player who, for some reason, angers everybody. The issue we have is is, is the George Horn issue at Glasgow. He's not getting enough game time. Okay. Um, and uh, currently, when he came when he came to Edinburgh, um, he was incredibly strong defensively, and a great kicker. And but he's a stand a standstill ten. He'll stand still and pass the ball. That's mm. he's a distributor. He doesn't attack the line as much, um, and that's where uh, when he arrived, we were horrendous at that point. So it was it was a steadying a steadying hand, and he and he got a and, and that's how he ended up with his single. I think it's a single or, or two Scotland I think caps. He's got I think two it's, caps. I think he's two got, caps. Yeah, two. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and then um, now that Kinghorn's 
come along at 10 and is, and is performing so well. He's not getting the game time. Um, so actually he came on and he and he put a pass out to, I think it was Buffelli for his second score that was as sweet as a nut. Um, and uh, and so it, it was interesting. So yeah, he's a good player. He just unfortunately is not getting enough game time. So here's one, I don't know, you might not be able to answer, but I feel like it's an important question. If both Scottish teams win their quarterfinal matches, Will be will there be some sort of worldwide catastrophic event of some kind? Are there are there any spells or artifacts I can use to protect myself from such an eventuality? <laughs> well, you, the, the, there may be a huge collision because if if we both win, there's a, there might be a chance that we both face us face ah, each other. That is my very next um, question. Yeah. If both teams win, will they feature uh, you know face each other, or is it too early to know? Is it based on the other results? Well, from what I can tell, I think it's a we face each other, John. What do you think? What, I what? that's what I've heard. Yeah, I think I think we do. Wow. I think we face each other in the semis. So that the only the only saving grace there is that it's unlikely that Glasgow get through. So, <laughs> <laughs> so but does that mean that there's no chance that they could face each other in the actual final? Because if they both get through, they'll have to face each other in the semi. I think I think it yeah. is a semi. Yeah, oh. I think we, I think we play in the semi, which Dang. which means that there'll be a good turnout for the final because uh, all the Glasgow fans will went ah, supposed to be better for them, and decide to toddle on over. <laughs> <laughs> so for for either of you, any thoughts looking back on this sort of even weirder than normal tournament this year? You know, John, have you have you been enjoying it? Has it been fun? Um, fun's a loose term. <laughs> it's been, it's been, I mean, right, so European rugby's been looking for ways to change the format for years, right? And I was a massive fan of the Champions Cup when it was, you were in a pool, you played your pool, and then it was that final day and the standings all moved and you were like, oh, will we get through, won't we get through? That was that was really exciting. This, to me, feels a bit like when UEFA uh, in soccer added a next group stage into things. It it kind of feels like protecting the big teams, and everyone else can, you know. I've heard out. that a lot. That that was it was sort of they stacked the deck this year. Yeah, it feels like that, and I. I haven't enjoyed it because we've ended up with Exeter again and La Rochelle again, which hurts a lot um, because they're two amazing sides. But, and do you know what? I'm not a fan of teams from the Champions Cup dropping down. I don't think that's right. I think I really don't like the idea of, you know, you start a tournament, rugby's all about starting a tournament, finishing a tournament. That's how it should be. If you don't qualify for the... You know, you don't qualify out of your Champions Cup group, then you're out of Europe. And for me, that's how it should be. Um, I don't like the idea that, you know, we've dropped down to the Challenge Cup and it, it just doesn't sit well with me. So I don't like the new format and I don't like European rugby. I, I, I find it quite difficult to deal with. And the two legged thing as well is bizarre. Um, not, not a fan. No. Like, points difference like it, it's bad enough when it's the 1872 but like when it's european cup stuff it's it's nonsense 
Craig, same question. Have you been enjoying it this year? Do you agree with John about the, the weirdness of the format? I've actually enjoyed it. Um, I, I have, not to be a contrary Mary sitting here, but uh, <laughs> um, I, I, I've, I've, you know, especially the European Cup, you know, you, when you were in the pool stages, you had a lot of dead rubbers, um, games that were going nowhere, um, and it was just playing rugby for rugby's sake, really. So uh, I've actually quite enjoyed it. And, and, and as of the weekend, you know, we saw some interesting takes on it, especially from the English media who were absolutely pulling um, uh, Montpellier apart for sending a second tier team, but they still won. Um, so uh, they still beat Harlequins, who are the champions of the Premiership. So, um, so it was that was a it, shocker. I, yeah, uh, but it was it was it was a good set of games, uh, the second leg especially. So it was. I quite liked it. However, I'm going to agree with uh, Mr. Anderson. <gasps> Um, uh, regarding the, the the teams dropping down from the Champions Cup to the uh, Challenge Cup, um, I think that's that's a fairly that's almost. Is basic. that brand new? Is that not something they've done before? No, no, that's the newest thing. And oh, as far as I'm concerned, I thought they had done it and then abandoned it and come back to it. No, well, they may have, but I don't remember it. Um, okay, but on my side of things, I just feel that it's almost a bit, it's almost disrespectful to the teams who have who have played in the Challenge Cup. But you know, mm. Mr. Anderson was very disrespectful to. Edinburgh about uh, about playing in the in the Biddy <laughs> Cup anyway. Um, and then it certainly all, was. Certainly all, was. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, the the the, the Challenge Cup became serious when Glasgow dropped I'm down. I'm fairly it, so. sure. I'm fairly sure when this this was posed to me. So let's let's be honest, Craig. I'm fairly sure what happened is when it, when you dropped down to the Diddy Cup, you said, is it still a Diddy Cup? And I think I said some fairly blue words at you and said, absolutely, it's still a Diddy Cup. <laughs> By the way, Danny Wilson out. I'm pretty sure that's what I said. <laughs> but I so, was very disrespectful. I, I love these tournaments. I, I do think it's, it's really weird this year. Um, the, the problem for me with the Challenge Cup is the whole a French team that's like, oh, well, we, we're not going to win this whole thing. So therefore, we're sending like a third team and we're just not even going to play hard. Like the, the only rugby I don't like is blowout rugby. And that's when you get it, when a team is like, yeah, screw it. And they don't really send a, a serious side. Um, but I feel like, you know, from here on out, at least, if they allow me to watch it for a change, uh, it's going to be it's going to be good. <laughs> Yeah, and, and also this, the, the one one good thing about the the, the whole the, the challenge, you know, the the, the the big teams coming or the, the the European Cup teams coming down to the Challenge Cup is that we've actually, especially Edinburgh, have got to see some teams that we, sometimes we wouldn't come across, yeah. right? Um, at home, you know, and 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 you know they're being exposed to the the damn health and 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 the fans are being exposed to the damn health. We we miss. I was I was disappointed when we. Um, you know, I was excited to come. You know, when when the, the South African teams were announced in the URC, I was going to see some some uh, World Cup winners, and we didn't get to see them at the early stage because they were still sure. with um, they were still with the Springboks. Right. So it, it was great to see um, people like Sam Underhill and um, and Tolupe Falato, etc., coming up coming up to uh, up to up to Edinburgh. So you know, on that side of things, and that's why yeah, I'm definitely getting my tickets to go and see Wasps play because mm. I would. You know, it's a team that I would actually go down to Coventry to watch. Um, so yeah, the, the, there's pluses and minuses. I think I think the way they've worked it this year, I think it's actually 
come out quite well um, and I, I've quite enjoyed it. So uh, I'm slightly different to John. Well, it, it's the French teams that, because I just, uh, as we've talked about before, I don't get to watch top 14. So I never see these teams. I don't know if they're good. I sort of intentionally don't look up the, the league table for them. So I have no idea what kind of team's going to show up, whether it's, you know, the juice boxes or the Michelin men. I, I never know until they start playing. And uh <laughs> And it's always a, a shock. It's only those blowout games where they don't show up and try that are a, a pain in the butt. But uh, the, the idea of seeing teams I never get to see in stadiums, I never get to see those French crowds. It's just always so great. It's like, okay, well, how many seven-piece bands do you have in the stadium right now? <laughs> <laughs> they do love their, their seven-piece bands, don't they? Certainly do. Well, just think of all the, all the, all the South African fans that are really looking forward to seeing some of Leinster's greats going down. Oh, oh, oh funnily enough, no, Leinster are sending nothing. I saw a, a kind of angry article about that today from some uh, a South African newspaper about, uh, you know, like, I can't believe Leinster is sending the third team. And I'm like, I can't believe they wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. What they don't realize is Leinster's third team are going to go down there and put 50 past them. And then they're <laughs> going to be like, all right, okay. <laughs> Sorry, Oops, sorry, sorry, guys. Yeah, Leinster Tron, Leinster Tron, coming down. Uh, yeah. The Leinster Tron. Oh, that's good. Oh man, I kind of hope they don't hear about that. That'll become a thing. The Leinster Tron. It's no, it's absolutely. It's already a thing. Ah, it's like it. churning out factory ready players that they can literally cut a limb off and just replace it. It's ridiculous. They actually, they actually come prepared with the Leinster kit already on them. Yeah, uh, when they come out yeah. the womb. Yeah. You can tell when they're born because they've got yeah. that jersey. Absolutely. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, people in Ireland actually hate Leinster as well. <laughs> I was going to say, they, they must be, I mean, it's not the case with the Yankees anymore, but it used to be. And it's like, well, if you support the Yankees and you don't live in New York City, you're you're kind of a douche. Yeah. So it, it yeah. must be like that in Ireland. Like if you're like, oh, well, I live in this random little county uh, and I support Leinster, it must be like, really? Do you? I, th I think a lot of the issue with Leinster as well came from the idea that they are, I mean, they're the Dublin team, so they do get government backing. They do get kind of, they're basically the Real Madrid of um, of rugby right. in Ireland where, you know, it's like, oh yeah, we're going to make sure there's tax breaks available for foreign rugby players. I mean, foreign people, not just foreign rugby players. Let's make sure that's okay. Uh, you know, it's there's a lot of shadiness goes on and certainly... I mean, I I just I like I disrespect Munster with all my being, but like I do think they've got a bit of a short straw here up against Leinster with all the cards Leinster have been given to make mm. sure that Leinster are successful. The, th the thing with Leinster as well is like as a club, I was speaking to an Irish boy about this before, and as a club, they're actually they're a bit of they're a proper plastic club in that they've kind of huh. been formed out of nothing really. Whereas, like, you know, Munster and Ulster uh, are, like, proper institutional clubs, been there for forever. Leinster oh, are, like, a little bit of a mishmash of nonsense. Manufactured, so, would you say? Uh, yeah, they're basically, like, they are the girls allowed of uh, Irish rugby. Um, oh. there's, a, there's a reference that most of your listeners will not get. <laughs> <laughs> For well, your listeners, Girls Loud were a, a manufactured pop band from one of the original versions of uh, pop stars 
which was kind of the the four four runner to X Factor and all those kind of reality shows. American Idol uh, will be the one you, yeah. you guys, of course, recognise. But yeah, <laughs> Girls Aloud were the victors on Pop Stars the Rivals. I'll, I'll wait for the Blu-ray. <laughs> it's on VHS, mate. <laughs> that sounds more like my speed, anyway. <laughs> so we've been already chewing on Leinster a little bit here. So is it okay if we uh, switch off of the madness that is the European competition and switch back to the URC? Um, so if things stay the same as they are right now, of course they won't. That's not how things go. But if they did, we would have, as of right now, these quarterfinals. Leinster, they would obviously have a home game. In this scenario, it would be against the Bulls. Uh, Ulster would get a home contest against Craig's Edinburgh team. John's Glasgow team would host the Sharks, who definitely seem less threatening when they're away from home. And uh, Munster, they would face the Stormers, who I and I imagine Munster would be heavy favorites there. I did mention on this week's pod, um, they did that thing. You know how, like, the beginning of matches, They'll send a star player out hand in hand with a cute kid or a couple of cute kids or something. And so I, I assume a couple of kids had lost some sort of contest. And so they had to come out with Peter Hamani. Oh. And, and uh, he resisted the urge to cheap shot either of them. They got away unscathed. I couldn't believe it for those kids. He's, he's clearly he's clearly been told that that's not acceptable. But I mean, I, do we know where those kids are now? Have, <laughs> have, like That's an important To question. be fair, I haven't seen them. Exactly. I think, so, I, think, I, think they, I think they provided a couple of kids at the beginning so he could elbow them in the face first, and then he would exactly. come out. Exactly. Just yeah. have one of those. Yeah. Different. You're gonna you're you're gonna warm up with Peter. Just give us your face a second. And those yeah. are the kids who won the contest. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. So for the sake of this conversation, let's assume assume that both of your teams advance along with the home teams in these other matchups I'm describing. That would give us. Leinster, they'd of course at home be again at home be at home again, and that this time they would be facing Edinburgh, while Glasgow would suddenly be back home to face Munster. So this is all a million miles away, but you know what would you make out of those pairings if it came to that? If that's how it unfolds, Glasgow suddenly they have a nice or a much easier matchup than Edinburgh was. Um, would they be in a better position to advance at that point? I mean, the hundred percent would, and we're we're talking, we're talking ifs and buts. I think this is way out there. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's three games left in the season, um, and it'll be interesting to see what happens in those three games. But yeah, definitely, like I think if it, if anyone gets Leinster in their route, they've got a problem. Um, Glasgow would fancy their chances against most teams at home, but. That's yeah. We're presuming <laughs> we're presuming a lot about Glasgow. Yeah. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> put it this way: we've got two South African fixtures away for the next two games. If we but come away I'm with a that point, sure. that's more than I am estimating. I don't think we're coming away with a point over the next two weekends, and the game against Edinburgh is going to literally be: can we even get the top eight? Oh, I can't wait for that one. Uh, I can't wait to get to that, in fact. Mm. So, Once you guys have qualified the Edinburgh, I'm sure the SRU just make sure in some way, shape, or form that Glasgow get enough points just to squeeze in that top eight. So in the scenario I'm describing, though, of course, if Edinburgh somehow got themselves 
the upset of the year to get past Leinster. I mean, they don't play the games on paper. That could give us an all Scottish final. Can you even imagine if I wanted to take a place a bet on that right now, you know, what are you giving me the, for odds, even if, if for it to happen? 101? Oh, it's more than that, I would have thought. Um, yeah, I, 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 would, I would happily put £250 on the table right now to say that won't happen. <laughs> like, <laughs> Com- 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 comfortably. Yeah, currently I'm, uh, I'm you know, we've got, a, we've probably got a, an easier run in yeah. to the end of the end of the season, apart from obviously Ulster um coming over to um to the damn health but um i would like to chance my arm and say we've got we, we've got we could beat ulster if we if we work hard enough at it and um uh so because ulster have shown they've got a few chinks in their armor so it, it, it will be interesting to see we've got obviously zebra um, on friday night and and i would uh, at home i would expect us to be uh, coming away with about a five pointer there um, so it, it, it all depends very much on what Glasgow do down in uh, down in South Africa. I, I, I genuinely reckon you guys are just going to get home home quarter. I think you guys are going to end up top four, and I think Glasgow are going to end up seventh. Mm. Well, so for for any listeners out there who don't really know, so the URC teams in the URC they play eighteen matches on the year. Six of them, in sort of NFL terms, would be divisional games. And as I alluded to earlier, uh, this particular division that, we're, that I have branded the Haggis Cannoli Shield because it features <laughs> Glasgow, Edinburgh, uh, Benetton, and Zebra. Uh, but before the season kicked off, there was a lot of groaning and moaning about how the Scottish teams being matched up against a couple of the league's sort of traditional doormats, uh, you know, is a big advantage for them. Uh, how much of an advantage has that been this year? From a Glasgow perspective, it has... Has been an advantage in that we've had less games against teams that I mean we've we've really slipped up against the Welsh teams this year, huh. um, but the Italian sides we've we've been competitive, you know obviously playing against Edinburgh as well we've we've done all right against them so it, it's worked well in our favour so far, um, and I think like we talked about like the run of games and stuff like that and actually got like we've talked David about. Glasgow being, you know, quite high up the league, and despite the moaning and groaning, and like part of that is down to the fact that the fixture lists has has kind of panned out. So, I think um, it's been beneficial for for us certainly. But Edinburgh have just, yeah, Craig will have something. To, yeah, to Craig, say about same, that, same sure. question. Uh, has it benefited Edinburgh largely this year, or is it kind of a non-factor? Um, for for me, it's a it's it's half and half. Um, the, the issue I have with, uh, you know, I, I I find it difficult to to write off Benetton. Um, Benetton are yeah. a real, you know, they're, not, and, they're and, no joke. Yeah, and both both Edinburgh and Glasgow have slipped up against Benetton. So, mm. um, you know, it's it's never been a, it's never been an easy run. Um, so I'm I'm quite happy that you know. I, out of, out of all of the the divisions, I'm quite happy that we were included in with the Italians because it's you know a home and away against against Zebra and Bennett and well we've got we've got you know we've got an opportunity to, to beat those teams uh, four times um, and it brings confidence and and, and it, you know allows you to bank points 
Um, so I've never really, it doesn't. Did it you doesn't get enough out of those matches this year? Did you get all the you know bonus points and the big wins that you should have gotten out of those matches? No, we didn't. We, we left four points in uh, in Treviso. Mm. Um, when they they scored that final kick over, you know, kicking the. You know, oh the, yeah. The, we, oh, yeah. we decided to to give them you know four or five penalties in a row at the end of the game yeah um so we we, we left points out there glasgow left points out there as well um I, it's it's the the title we'll see how it goes this weekend i would i would fully expect us to, um to come away with five points this weekend and if, and if we don't come away with five points it's a it's a it's a missed opportunity um so we'll, we'll wait and see um yeah so looking at the league table right now of course leinster as we've already said they're way on top ulster are second um although there's 10 points between them mm. um glasgow have officially matched ulster's league points total they're sitting at third followed by munster who had the same number of league points as the stormers but by you know some sort of esoteric edge uh they're ranked that way in sixth we have the sharks only one point off it's a tight thing for sure and then edinburgh they're holding on to the seventh place with two points fewer than that and then the bulls nipping at the heels with just one point lower than that realistically you know scarlet's right at the outer rim of plausibility my team those teams could make a run but you know craig do you see either of those teams actually making a run into the top eight i i can't see either of those um, well, I, I don't really know what their 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 run their final games are. I haven't really mm. looked into it that far. Um, but Connaught, I have to say, surprised me a little bit in the European Cup when they were playing playing Leinster. They were they, they looked very good. Um, yeah. Although they, they shipped plenty of points for a while, um, and they surprised me. I thought they were going to be trouble um, when they came to Edinburgh, and and we dispatched them quite quite dramatically. He's absolutely. Anthem. It was yeah. brutal. It hurt. Um, I, again, again, bucking the the Glasgow trend of finishing well rather than than you know we we don't start well. Glasgow start well, and then we we seem to turn the huh. other way around. We we finish well, and Glasgow don't. So, um, so we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, but the, the running, all I can really talk about is the running that we have, and and um, the only disappointment I have is that um, we're being moved into the big house um, for the seventy-two. Yeah, I was going to ask about game. that. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, for um, the for the final match. Oh, wow. Okay. Final match for the eighteen seventy-two. Um, yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I need to get my tickets. Sorry for that as well. Tickets. Uh, yeah. um, and uh, you know, and for me, you know, we're we're, we're basically going from a uh, somewhere that would that would that would be a noisy stronghold. Um, uh, to to somewhere now that's going to be very much a neutral game. Um, really, so, would it be? Yeah. Is it going to be cavernous if that happens? Is is it just going to feel like the people are too far apart? Or no, you, what te- what tends to happen is that you, you get twenty thousand um, into Murrayfield, um, and you're you're pretty much going to be um, a sixty forty split Glasgow yeah. to Edinburgh. Oh wow! Um, okay. and, and and so you'll be you'll be sixty percent of it will be Glasgow. Um, that will come through, so um, it'll be an interesting. Um, well, I'm, I'm sure those fans won't make much noise or anything. No, no. And, and they, they don't. And <laughs> usually, 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 Edinburgh shut them up. But Murrayfield, um, <laughs> to be fair, that's that is very true. That is yeah. very true. We've got, um, we've got a fairly desperate record at Murrayfield, actually. Really? Yeah, you, you, yeah they 
They do, they do. So, so, so I guess I, I'm maybe disproving my point here, but uh, <laughs> I, I was, I was well, really well done. And 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 it also it's on the grass, whereas we're both we're both used to now playing both, on, both uh, Astro boys uh, on Astro. Oh. So, um, so yeah. Okay. So that that's no advantage for either team then in that way, just on the surface. It's an it's an absolute neutral game um, huh. uh, compared to so basically we've had a fairly abusive away game. Um, and then we're coming along to have a, a, a neutral you know, game, a neutral game. Whereas we don't really have a, so you want to, we'll, what do we'll, you talk about abusive away games, Craig? <laughs> Some people <laughs> would say that an abusive away game would result in a South African tour followed by the team that's third in the French league. That's <laughs> fairly abusive. <laughs> well, that well, was we a that was a lovely segue. Uh, you know, so John <laughs> currently. There are, you know, three out of the four South African teams are in the top eight and making the playoffs right now. If that's the way it pans out, is that good or is that bad for this rebranded competition? I think I think it's I think everyone expected the the South African franchises when they when they joined to be competitive. Sure. And I think there was an element of frustration with that nonsense Mario Kart Rainbow Cup uh, rubbish that Benetton won. Um. That the South African teams didn't necessarily look as good as they were made out to be. I think I think they have bucked that, particularly at home, and particularly once the internationals come back. Uh, obviously, it's difficult this year because, so if you think about it, it's twelve years until we have another Lions tour in South Africa. So that's twelve years where wow. these teams are not being impacted by those like extended international windows for the Lions. Right. Right. So it's kind of worked out this year that it, it, it's, it, it's been unfortunate and particularly both Glasgow and Edinburgh benefited at the start of the season from playing weakened South African teams. Glasgow are about to face two South African teams at full strength away from home. That is that. So that's a true test of their strength and the South African teams at home have been strong. So we, we were probably going to see them there or thereabouts for qualification, but I expect them to be stronger next year because they'll have a full season to be able to build. Well, that was again the perfect segue in my notes here because John, so your Warriors, like you've been saying, it doesn't look easy. They've got a two-week trip to South Africa, where all four teams they they seem to be gathering momentum week upon week. You know, Friday the twenty-second is a visit to the Stormers, who are only three points off your own total followed by the Bulls, who are currently also a playoff team. We all know, you know, what the third remaining fixture on their list is, but, um, you know, what do you think is going to happen on this this little vacation down to the Rainbow Nation? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the third fixture on the list is the easiest, really, isn't it? So, um, no, my I mean, heart, it's... My heart bleeds for you. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, right, so Glasgow, as I said, Glasgow is going to go down there. The travelling squad, um, the travelling squad's interesting actually. So they've taken, there's a few names missing from that squad that you would expect, particularly in recent form. So Sebastian Cancellieri has not travelled, uh, who was Warrior of the Month uh, last last month. So that you know, there's a couple of surprising omissions, maybe through injury, but ultimately, it's a huge test. And Craig, Craig will back me up here. I've talked a lot about where Glasgow should expect to be at this season. With the players they've got available to them, 
the internationals they're able to feel week on weeks. Glasgow should be expecting to be competitive. They should be expecting to blow the Zebras, the Benettons, the Dragons, teams like that. They should be knocking them off the park, and they aren't. This is a huge test of their credentials. And the inconsistency of this team, they could well go down there and win both fixtures. It's very unlikely, and I would not be surprised to see us come away with zero points from these two fixtures. But, you know, there's a professional pride there. These guys have got to go and, and kind of prove themselves. And, you know, it's two weeks with Danny Wilson, though. Like, I, I fear the worst. Well, Craig, uh, your team doesn't have to leave the confines of their home environs the entire rest of the way. And, you know, only now as mm. I'm looking at it, do I see how big that is? Because next week you face winless Zebra, followed by, you know, a tough one against Ulster. And then that's before the 1872 Cup that we're sort of dancing around. That is a serious opportunity to leap, leapfrog Glasgow. Do you see that playing out? Yeah, obviously there's a... There's a there's a stone in the way or a brick in the way to trip you up and that is Ulster. Um, but I think, um, you know, if we take them seriously, we put out a good team, a strong team, um, and we, uh, and we play our game and not try to, where Edinburgh have tripped up is when they try to play the other team's game. And, and you found that when they played um, the Lions uh, down in South Africa, they tried to play, the Lions game and unfortunately it, it, it came apart down there um, and okay we came away with a losing bonus point but um, th that was a game we could have won um, and so with Ulster I think it's a matter of playing it's, you know they've got some big South Africans we've got some big South Africans they've got some some quick running backs um, you know I, I think Dwayne Vermeulen might count for three people <laughs> yeah yeah well I think uh, I think you know they've got Dwayne Vermeulen we've got Pierre Schumann um, you know, so there's there's going to be an explosion somewhere in the middle of the park. Um, but uh, what 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 you know, a couple of things they're not used to uh, playing on an astral surface. So um, we've we've got the we've got the, the the chance there in the second half. And also, I think the big the, the you know the only concern I really have is um, uh, is us you know is Ulster. Dan McFarlane is an absolutely phenomenal coach and he is incredibly good at spotting things. And, you know, mm. where we're, where we're winning this season is the, is the 10, 12 axis, the nine, 10, 12 oh. axis. And I think, you, you know, if you, he marks. Your fear is being outcoached. Yeah. You think that they might have a better game plan. I, yeah, I don't, I don't think, you know, I, I think uh, Mike Blair will, cert will, will certainly not be outcoached. As such, we've got a phenomenal coach in Mike Blair, but the issue we have is, is I think that the the the, the nine, ten, twelve axis will be heavily policed by by Ulster. Okay. Um, and if they do uh, heavily police the nine, twelve, ten, twelve axis, I think that is where we have the opportunity to lose the game. So, of course, all gods bless the schedulers in a ridiculous year for saving. The capper for the 1872 Cup for the last game of the season. Edinburgh, you will again be at home to face these Glasgow Road Warriors. I know we're weeks away from even knowing what those match day 23s are even going to look like. But if you told me you weren't already thinking about this one, I would have a hard time believing both of you. So, you know, 
Craig, when that match happens, what are going to be the keys to that final fixture of the regular season? What are going to be the things that if you were the coach, you'd want to unlock? I think for me, um, having all the injured players back, um, I know we're not going to have Jamie Ritchie back, um, but we've got a we've got a couple of fairly good replacements for him. Um, I think for me, it's going to be having us at a full strength Edinburgh team because, we, yes, we had a few players back released out the Scotland squad for the Glasgow uh, the 18, the first 1872 Cup uh, match at Scotstoun, but we weren't at full strength, um, mm. and, and and the team were the team were um, learning. Uh, uh, how to play with each other that sounds terrible but you know what i mean um and so <laughs> the um the, the sorry John. <laughs> but they were they were they were they were learning their their game whatever i say i'm going to ruin this so anyway i'm going to stop now um but uh as far as i'm concerned having having everyone at fit uh to be able to pick the strongest team out of the full squad um, uh, to you, to you, it's down to the players, not the game plan. It's just who's going to be there, who's going to show up. Well, the, the, the game plan is going to be full noise. I would expect uh, I'd expect all the all the Mike Blair tricks in the, uh, uh, in, the, in his playbook coming out. I think also the um, the you know we'll let Glasgow uh, um, blow off steam and have Ryan Wilson shouting away at people and trying to niggle at people and if he then spends all his time doing that and forgetting how to play then that's fine by me <laughs> um, and uh, you know we just have to be make sure that we're defending as strongly as we uh, as we have been um, because I think that's where Glasgow are probably different to ourselves I think we've got our defence fixed whereas I don't think Glasgow have. Oh, okay. So, John, I imagine you have to disagree in some part with that assessment, because if you don't, I think we have to get Cammy on the phone just to, to let him know that the end times are nigh. Yeah, pretty, pretty much. <laughs> no, do, do you know, I think I think there's a lot of, a lot of merit in that. I think uh, the only th- thing I would disagree with, I think both teams, 1872 derbies are always the same. They're always both teams... All the game plan, all the planning, preparation of that, it tends to go out the window pretty quickly. And these guys all know each other from international camp. So there is extra niggle. There's always extra niggle. Everyone knows how to wind everyone up. So it'll not just be Ryan Wilson, let's be honest, Craig. Uh, there'll be plenty of niggle happening across the piece. Uh, sometimes, and I mean, you'll know this yourself, Craig, Sometimes in 1872, it's the people you least expect to be bringing the niggle that are grabbing the collars, sparking the 30-man brawls. Um, so I think, yeah, it's a really interesting one. It's, it's the classic idea of a derby is that form kind of goes out the window. You've got, okay. you know, for many years, Glasgow were so dominant as the, the Scottish team Edinburgh were, you know, under my, uh, under uh, Alan Solomons and that down, won the league, but would win the eighteen seventy two. Um, so, and similarly, Edinburgh have been very strong. Glasgow got a good win. Glasgow were also short, short of players, uh, for the for the, the Scottish fixture. You know, it's there's never any predicting these games. If you were talking about form, Edinburgh probably go into a in a better place. But Edinburgh play a game plan that almost suits Glasgow as well. 
So if Glasgow can get some defensive stability, which they have been lacking significantly, and can play for more than 50 minutes, then they've got a very good chance of, of beating Edinburgh and scoring some really nice tries. So I expect it to be a very high score, entertaining match. Um, and I think it will come down to a few mistakes either way, but it'll, it'll, it's going to be a festival of rugby. And I think we will not be coming away saying, are you not entertained? <laughs> well, so all of us have talked on this pod and I've heard you talk about it as well about, you know, so there was that, and I, I can never remember the, the, the so-called pundit's name who said, you know, when I'm in the Scottish locker room, I don't hear enough Scottish accents. And he was complaining about the international, you know. Craig Chalmers. Craig Chalmers, there it is. He's saying, oh, well, this guy. But, but so here's my question, because you guys are born and bred Scottish and you're diehard fans. Is it easy for somebody like Pierre Schumann to be like, yeah, I'm fully invested in this 1872 Cup. Is it possible to have your internationals have, have that same level of investment emotionally? Is that the time of year when it's right down to the end? It's the last, it's the, you know, round 18. It's the last game of the year. It's the 1872 Cup capper for the Cup. Like, does it? Is it detrimental to, to your team to have fewer Scottish-born players, or is that all just kind of media nonsense? These these guys these guys are professionals and they're winners. They they want to win at all times, and it doesn't matter. They could be playing tiddlywinks for the Milk Cup, and yeah. they would want to win. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. Do you know you? But they don't. But get, they might not understand the history, right? Like you guys understand the history. History doesn't matter. Actually, I like I don't know. I'm, not speaking for Craig here, but I don't really give two hoots about the history. It's oh, the, game, okay. the next game in front of us. I couldn't tell you how many times Glasgow won the 1872 Cup. Oh. Doesn't doesn't bother me. It's about the league points and it's about the victory. That's where it's and actually the and I think this is where there's a wee bit of kind of a myth about like the oh you know it's really important um the the nonsense we were doing best two out of three and all that stuff and seasons gone by. It's all garbage. Really it's five league points at stake. That's what it's about. And, you know, okay. Edinburgh, it's, it's a familiar foe, and that's great. But ultimately, it's the same as any other league match. We batter in, and we try and get those five league points. Um, so I, I, I genuinely don't think the guys, the foreign-born players, or any of, the, any of the foreign international players, I don't think they'll give two hoots about the history of it. And it does, it's not detrimental to them. For me. Craig, Craig, agree or disagree? I uh, fully agree. Um, oh, okay. I think uh, we're. I think we're. You know, the eighteen seventy two cup is. Uh, it's like the Six Nations. Um, Scotland. We used to always put a lot of pressure on Scotland to win the England the England game. And if you and and if you win the England game, uh, your Six Nations has been a success, and when Edinburgh were incredibly poor and they were always they were always eighth in the league or ninth in the league, the 1872 Cup meant a lot because it was... It oh, was, okay, because it was, it was, it was the, the, the vestiges was, of what you can hold on to. Yeah, um, whereas now, um, you know, we're thinking about quarterfinals, getting a home quarterfinal, mm. you know, the 1872 Cup is... Uh, and, 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 you know, John, John was very... Um, 
uh, positive, saying that he's hoping he's hoping for a, a really entertaining uh, game. But usually the 1872 Cups are a slugfest. The, the games at the end of the season are normally good. Uh, yeah, the ones yeah. during the season, like, the season they're though. always they're always played over the festive season, and yeah. it's like the worst time of year to play rugby. Oh, okay, okay. So, so you know, on on my side of things, eighteen seventy-two, I totally agree with John, and and to just to 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 um, talk about the 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 non-Scottish players and 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 how they feel about it, I can't talk for them, but we've got plenty of Scottish players who um who wouldn't turn up. Um, and Edinburgh were were very very good at that. We had a lot of Scottish players within the Edinburgh squad that were absolutely awful, oh, um, and, okay. and would turn up and, and would be accused of turning up for a, pay, a paycheck, you know. So um, uh, and and if you if if you ever meet, if you ever are blessed with meeting Pierre Schumann, um, you will realise that guy is is is, is South. Is, is Scottish African, um, because he is he is absolutely and utterly committed to Edinburgh, um, and even Buffelli and I, I can't talk for Moyano because he's a little bit more quieter, but um, <laughs> uh, big uh, big 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 Buffelli is uh, quite something, and he is he is already showing he's he's he's. Uh, it's a very he's, funny thing because you, you guys know my little technique, which is I just if somebody. I listen to or respect or care about in rugby is there. I just reach out to them and say, Hey, you want to talk to my pod? And a lot of times it turns out people want to talk rugby. People who mm. love rugby tend to want to talk about it. And I reached out to Pierre Schumann of all people. And I was like, Hey, I'm a fan of yours and you have no idea who I am. And I'm here in America and I'm really loving your game. Uh, any chance you want to talk? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I was like, great. And then since then he hasn't actually responded. So <laughs> yeah, because the, 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 the SRU media uh, media um, uh, control will have click, clicked in um, and and held and said to him, "You can't do that." Because he had, he has, oh, I, 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 you know, he has been uh, when he first joined Edinburgh. Um, uh, I've I've luckily met him a couple of times and nice. and, and have conversed with him. Um, really, a couple of times uh, on on Twitter, and that's so cool, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. And then all of a sudden, when he started getting involved with Scotland, he's gone quiet. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's, it's it's got nothing. This is how the so, do, this is how the silly sausages are made. Yeah, it's got nothing mm -hmm. to do with the man. It's to do with the media control and okay. and, and, and and the training. And I mean, I didn't expect him to answer in the first place, so it's 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 still gravy for me. The, no, S the SRU are very, very tight on their media control. Oh, so as soon okay. as someone's in the squad, it is okay. iron fist time. Yeah, they're very, very controlled. Yeah. yeah, I can see that. So something that could potentially benefit both of your teams, Ulster and Munster, they have to face, face each other uh, this coming weekend. Munster have to end their year away at Leinster. And, you know, in, when I was writing the notes, I said, I suppose Leinster might be in that position where they're so far out that they might just rest everyone. But then I wrote, it doesn't seem like a usual rugby thing to do. And then I saw the article about them sending an absolute C team to South Africa. Um, they're just focused on what they're doing at home, obviously. So they're basically a threshing machine. But Ulster play Munster, then Craig's team. Then the end of the road, they end in South Africa. That's a bit tough. And then Stormers, the other team in the playoffs, uh, the, what I call the playoffs. Will they or won't they mix? 
They'll face Glasgow <laughs> and Leicester at home before finishing up at the Park East Scarlets. Uh, I don't see any significant advantage. Uh, I don't see much much leapfrogging. I, th- I feel like everything's going to be pretty much where we are now. Uh, yeah, yes and no. I think I think there's going to be a few certainly in South African teams at home. Uh, there's an opportunity for them to cause a wee bit of a wee bit of strife, and I think it's important to note as well that all four Irish teams are under IRFU management. So, funnily enough, we've had seasons gone by where there's a, a result that benefits a team if another team has already qualified, say, in first position and won't be challenged for that. Often freak results happen that then right. seem to benefit other Irish teams. So, <laughs> uh, I would I would not be surprised if you find that Leinster don't oh. necessarily win all of these matches that are coming up. Wow. I feel like that's a serious accusation, but I also am totally on board. I mean, I've made it about 50 <laughs> times and like the evidence is all in front of us. So it's, you know, ugh, it's, I mean, we joke, you, you we can, joke you can, about the You can stack the deck, but you can't tell the players not to go play. Like when anyone from uh, Leicester is going to go play, they're going to play. You're not going to be like, well. Unless you've you got know. a robotic chip in your head that you can program oh. them not to play. The thing, so. is, the thing is, I think we've talked about this before. I've talked to this before on your podcast. And, and if you imagine a building in the middle of Dublin and you have world rugby on one, on one level, below it IRFU is on, and then below it is URC. Um, and then above that is the world, the refereeing uh, guild. Yeah, <laughs> and and you're you're telling me these guys don't meet uh, at the coffee at the coffee break area and have a discussion every so often. Yeah, yeah, they so, walk by, by each other and they're like la 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 la. <laughs> can't, can't, can't talk to you. It's beneficial for my Irish provinces. So um, so you know, accusations are accusations, and we can throw them around a little bit. What what I would love is to see. Munster absolutely t- knock holes out of Ulster so that they come over to us. And <laughs> yeah. and mm. You know that's not going to happen. I see. <laughs> so, okay. Craig, what are you most looking forward to the rest of the way for Edinburgh and any of these competitions in the, in the Challenge Cup or in the URC? What's good coming for you? For me, is uh, returning to Dam Health Stadium as many times as we possibly can, um, mm. and and see some see some uh, really really strong rugby teams come up against Edinburgh and hopefully go home with uh, with the minimum a point. Um, you know, we we uh, I would like to I'd like to see Edinburgh um, really flourish for the, uh, for the last few games and hopefully go as far as we possibly can in the. Uh, and the, um, if the that happens, who, who is going to be the MVP? Who's going to be the best player in these last three weekends? John's already. Uh, I think John already knows my answer. Is it King um, Blairhorn? Is that it? It is. It is the king. It is the king. Um, Blaine Kinghorn. I think he's getting stronger every game, and I think um, I think the team are starting to respond to him, rather than kind of all scratching their heads thinking. Weren't you a 15 and a winger before? Um, <laughs> Wait, think, what are you doing up there? What are you doing up there? Having him telling them, right, you need to go outside, we're playing this, this, we're playing this play. What? Um, you know, I, I think I think um I think he's getting stronger. They're responding to him. They're 
the forwards are giving him clean ball uh, for Velikot to whip out and uh, and and Velikot, he's been him. so good. Yeah, actually, funnily enough, um, uh, just as an aside, uh, uh, I am well known for my derision of uh, Henry Pergos and how slow he is uh, to the point mm-hmm. of. Um, uh, I think there was a one of the one of the Lothian stand members uh, shouted uh, this weekend, uh, Henry, Henry, slow it down, keep it. What am I saying? Speed up, Henry. Um, so, <laughs> um, but what he did do, That's and good. I think this this is the Mike Blair influence and the Velocop influences for Connor Boyle's uh, try at the weekend. He was the, he was the ball was so quick out of the rucks and so quick out of the the cut the, the set piece that he had to react to it and he was he was he was actually playing a slightly different game plan to the usual Henry Burgos and uh, and and we had quick ball and, and and Boyle went through for a score so yeah Velicott's been fantastic I think I think Velicott I think the 10 I think the the the, the 9 10 and 12 axis is going to produce your MVP um and I think it's going to be the 10 and if you if you think back to years gone by, Edinburgh rugby under a variety of different coaches, if you were to say that your MVP would come from your nine ten twelve, you would be shortling. Mm. Like the idea of a ten being MVP under Cockrell would make oh, you scream. So uh, the influence of Mike Blair, he has changed the way they play significantly, and it's like way for the better. So, John, same question. You know, what are you most looking forward to for Glasgow in these last three fixtures? You know, uh, I'm most looking forward to. I'm most looking forward to being proven right about this season. Um, you know, I, I just, I just think we've flattered, flattered the deceive. We've had teams that have kind of fallen down to us that shouldn't have. It's been, it's been a really, really disappointing season from a Glasgow perspective, despite what the results would suggest. Mm. And, Part of that's come from just the, you know, I've talked about the quality of player we have at our disposal. That some some of the boys we've been playing for us are incredible rugby players, and they're being let down. So the excitement for me is probably let's let's get to knockout rugby, hopefully, and see what we can do. But really, I I I'm struggling to find positives. Going to South Africa, I, I think it's going to be interesting to play different teams. Maybe that's a positive. We've never played the Stormers before, so that'll be really interesting. Um, but ultimately, yeah, playing Edinburgh, playing a knockout fixture, and then probably finishing the season and hopefully just kind of, you know, may, maybe getting a few of the boys that have been really talented, re-signed, maybe get a couple of new bodies in as well, but it's it's been a it's been a really difficult season as a Glasgow fan. Well, we've played five sixths of this season, fifteen out of eighteen matches so far. Yep. Um, where is the league compared to your preseason expectations? Are you right where you thought you'd be? Are you doing better? Are you doing worse? Do you know, right? So that is a very interesting question. So statistically, like in the league, Glasgow are doing better than I predicted. Okay. But I don't think they're performing better than I predicted. Actually, I think they've got they've got away with a lot, um, and they're almost like you know they're third in spite of themselves. Mm. 
because I think a lot of times this season they've been desperately, desperately poor and they've got away with a lot. Um, probably because, you know, I've talked about the individuals that have come into the team. There's individual brilliance sparkled throughout that Glasgow team. And, you know, look at, right, so the, the difference that you see now is, so Glasgow of previous years, you look at the, the wonderful tries that get scored. You look at them and you see how they're built. You see the phase play, you see the decision making, and you see what's happening. Edinburgh are doing that this season. You see tries are being created. You see Blair King on taking it to line, picking his off wood. There's a runner. You see Buffelli. You see all these guys making smart decisions. Glasgow score tries, and it's almost like you're like, oh, I didn't see how that came about. Like the try against Edinburgh, the, the Josh Mackay try. Um, it's a, it, the ball spills out the ruck, and then it's individual brilliance. Individuals are dragging Glasgow along just now. That's not a sustainable, yeah, yeah. Successful that's, model. Not, that's not coached, and that's not part of the, the format. Yeah, it, almost when they go back to the thing with Glasgow, when they go back to process and go back to phase play, they look dreadful. So, that's a coaching issue. That you, there's no other explanation for that. Indiv- these players have played well for other coaches. I'm, I want to cut to Craig, but I, I do have to ask, because we've talked about it so much, John, with, with the coaching. Is that changing in the offseason? Is, is there a new coach on the horizon? No, there's no, no signs pro- of that. Probably not. Probably not. And that's, um, you know, the wonder of the governing body giving out contracts to people. Um, there's no... I think he's still under contract next year. So, so that decision's that. in the hands of the SRFU, not Glasgow, the organization? Yeah. No, no, Glasgow no. will have that dictated. to them. Really? That's weird. So, yeah, so, it's the paymasters. So, Craig, same question to you, though. So compared to what you thought Edinburgh was going to be like this year, where do you feel like we're at now, five-sixths of the way through? Um, everything's positive for me. Yeah. Um, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> I was, uh, you know, I thought this year was going to be a uh, let Mike Blair settle in. He's going to develop the team. He's going to bring some new players in that, that, or, or at least um, have a discussion about bringing some new players in. I didn't expect him to go from zero to hundred miles an hour straight away. Oh, okay. Um, and he is somehow I forgot that he was brand new. I don't know why. Yeah, and that's that's the big thing. I think I think the as a fan, have you noticed a big difference? Did you see? Did you feel like difference. all the, the the play is different? So like your whole approach is different. Um, if you uh, if you ever visit or uh, perchance visit the Scottish Rugby blog, um, which is oh, is, is part of part of the the, the blog and, and and the podcast, um, I wrote a piece about um, uh, just just before the end of the season last year saying is Edinburgh's attack broken and it was all about how um, Richard Cockrell had had given Edinburgh such a strong forward play um, the, the it was almost they'd got to a point now where it was a blunt instrument all of our all of our, our backs were were running short smash lines mm. rather than rather than throwing you know throwing the ball around rather than and, and as as we talked about with Jaco van der Volt, he, he he would stand Still and distribute the ball so onto a onto a smash line um, 
and whether it was a 12 or 13, they would both try and take contact. They would always go into contact. They wouldn't, they wouldn't, the wingers almost stood with their hands in their pockets, apart from Yakov, uh, apart from uh, Big Duhan, who would come searching for the ball. But again, it was a crash ball that he would always usually take. So on our side of things, the way Edinburgh are playing are completely different to what they played last year. Um, however, Mike Blair has done the, the correct, well, in my mind, a very, a very, very good thing. He has not messed with the forwards. Mm. Um, he's brought so the, their forward play. He's kept that blueprint that Cockrell had set up of some really quite hard, nasty forwards who will do a phenomenal job. Um, who will hit you and if you and if you are expect you know if you're not expecting it you will be on your backside wondering what happened but what he's brought in is this 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 eight nine ten twelve axis um he and and also do, you know the, 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 the i don't know if it was um if it was mike blair that signed them but um bringing in immelman uh and oh. the two and the two argentinians have has been a master stroke as well Awesome, massively. So I'm going to do the flipperoo on you guys. Uh, so John, your job is to decide what's going to make Edinburgh better next year. Do they need new coaches or do they need different players? Do you know, I think so. I think Edinburgh are in a very privileged position in that the the guys that they need have almost made breakthroughs this year and they've got a lot of young players. I think Edinburgh probably just need a wee bit more depth at 10 just to make sure that Kinghorn doesn't get burnt out. You know, he's played a lot of rugby this season. Mm. He's clearly their first choice. They've relied on him a lot. He's still a young boy, actually. You know, he's 25. Still a young boy who could play a lot of rugby, but you, you want to have options and make sure that you're, you're kind of backing him up there so he's not getting burnt out. Um, other than that, like Edinburgh recruited really wisely. Maybe front row, they could probably use a, a, a an extra, probably an extra tight head. Um, but it's much much ado about you know just continue doing what you're doing. And I think Mike Blair's only going to make that team stronger as he recruits. He will recruit his type of player who are going to play his type of rugby. Um, but. He's going to do that in a way. He's a very smart coach, a very astute coach. He's going to make sure that those guys play rugby in a way that's successful, and he set them up to do that. So it's, you know, you're, you're talking about yeah, some of the young boys you've got come through. You know, Muncaster and Boyle are two of the biggest prospects in Scottish rugby. Phenomenal. And that's adding to an already stacked back row. Like, mm. Edinburgh have got everything they need for success. It's just a case keeping the wheels on and keeping the key players signed. So I, I can't believe the way I've successfully set you guys up to compliment each other all night. It's been very weird. <laughs> I know, yeah. That, I mean, bear in mind, we're going on at another podcast. About I know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just setting you up to, <laughs> you're just keeping that pattern Coming, dry. Coming. Cammy's not going to understand that we're all loving, loving hugs. I said, he's nude. He's <laughs> if he can be bothered, he might send me a, an angry email. But uh, <laughs> Craig, no, the we same normally fl- get those. <laughs> Craig, the same flipperoo. Is, is John right that the coaching change is what needs to make Glasgow better? Um, I've tried to talk around the Danny Wilson issue um, and I've tried to come up with 
with um, with other reasons and other other reasons why why Glasgow are playing the way they are. But Glasgow seemed to lose their way very very quickly hmm. mid game mid game, hmm. or they just or at any up. point it seems like yeah, and they have they have brought in some quite magnificent signings that they aren't that aren't performing as well as they maybe should be and that's down to coaching um and that's down you know uh, uh, just to go back to what john was saying about edinburgh you know i would quite happily take one of one of the tens and one of the nines from glasgow of their myriad of tens and nines that they have to back up our you know, to back up our main our main um, stars that we have, um, I think they they have the for some reason they have these fantastic youngsters who are coming on board who are who have the ability, but they then back them up with stars that are maybe on their way out, hmm. that almost drain the life force out of them. Yeah. Um, they don't play play. They don't play the talent that they already have currently. Um, as much as they should, um, and so you've got the Ali Price George Horn problem. Um, you know where you're, you, you know you've got a point where you've got you, you've got Sean Kennedy playing with Ali Price and George Horn sitting in the back, sitting sitting well, back at his house. So. George George Horn does have an injury still, um, but you've got Jamie Dobby available, yeah, okay, and okay. you've like, so Horn has been injured, but yeah. the start of the season Horn absolutely didn't feature. That's a coaching decision. It wasn't mm. an injury decision. Yeah, Craig, it sounds it, like you're you're inches away from talking yourself into a job. <laughs> <laughs> Could, couldn't do any worse. Well, fun, <laughs> well funnily, funnily enough, um, uh, the head coach has just announced his um, his resignation at the Howrah as well. Would you believe? But that's a go on, Craig. You've got no, this. No, thanks. The boys know me too well. There, the boy. I would have, step, step. Unfortunately, they, they, I think they would be a mutiny um but anyway um i think it's uh I, I definitely think it's a it's something that's going to have to happen i think it's the, the writings on the wall for glasgow if the yes but the problem you have is the sru don't have i don't think they have the will or the money to pay danny wilson out of his contract oh they're, they're very risk averse to that sort of thing and i think i think wilson's got a contract i think they they will always take. So the reason Wilson got the job at Glasgow was he was already an SRU employee. It's it's the cheap option over oh. the, the right option. Um, you know, and that's why actually like a lot of Glasgow fans were really surprised when Gregor Townsend was announced as Scotland coach. We got Dave Rennie, a massive, massive coup at the time. And a lot of Glasgow fans were really surprised that SRU had put their put their hand in their pocket to actually pay for a world-class coach to come over. Oh. And then he's been replaced by a failed um, scrum coach for Scotland. So you know, it's it's not doesn't really doesn't. And you know, Mike. To be fair, Mike Blair is a Glasgow Scotland coach who has now been promoted to a post that he deserved and was the right thing to do. Danny Wilson has been. Moved. Let let's let's generously say he's been moved slightly up sideways to Glasgow, and <laughs> that's in spite of failure. So, like, he found a diagonal angle on the org chart. Yeah, pretty much. He was like, "Oh yeah, do you know what? Yeah, I've got a contract, boys. So we need to find me something." It's 
it's all a bit nefarious and a bit like I don't like it. So I would, sooner I would, Pete, I, Pete, Pete Horn needs to get his get like he needs to win the Super Six this year, and then Pete Horn can have the job. Craig, what were we about to say? I I I think you may see a situation where Pete Horn will win the, the the Super Six, and you'll see him come on board as assistant coach at Glasgow. Interesting. Uh, uh, with with Danny Wilson staying in post, and then you'll see Danny Wilson leave when his contract finishes up because I think next season he's finished. His I think so. Next yeah. One more year. I think. Uh, I think so. One more year. So I think you'll see um, there will be a succession plan. Either that, or they'll move him to director of rugby. And Pete Horn will come in as the, as the actual head coach. Well, John just it, used the word nefarious, which means we must be close to the end of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and and, yeah. and I, I, I do need it for the record. So, Craig, who wins the Challenge Cup? Who wins the 1872 Cup? And who wins the URC this year? Just for the record, and to, to give you both a couple of moments to consider, I don't see anyone beating the Saracens in the Challenge Cup. Uh, you know, having them in there as like a activating a cheat code of some kind. <laughs> I, I think Glasgow are a shade better than Edinburgh this year, but I think their road trip combined with Edinburgh's three match homestand, I think that's going to work in favor of Craig's team. And I think Edinburgh, same idea, are probably going to take the 18, 1872 cup. Uh, it's incredibly boring to say, but I think Leinster just romped through the, for another title. I haven't seen signs enough from anyone to make me think any different. What do you guys think? Craig, you first. Okay. Challenge Cup um, first. Well, being uh, a fan of, uh, I think, the only team that beat Saracens in the blue <laughs> stages of, uh, of, the, of the Challenge Cup, um, I would slightly disagree with you on the, uh, on the okay. Saracens <laughs> point. Um, I would... Uh, okay, here we go. <laughs> Edinburgh for the European Challenge Cup. Yes. Leinster for the URC. Okay. And Edinburgh for the uh, 1872 Cup. That sounds probably, pretty good. You'll probably find that Edinburgh will win the, 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 the um, 1872 Cup, and that's about it. But <laughs> I, I love your that, enthusiasm, Craig. I love, <laughs> I love the confidence. I'm predicting this, but I really don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. So for, for me, um, I mean, Actually, I think it was going to be really upset. I think Toulon are going to win the, oh, the Challenge Cup. Uh, just as a Hell surprise. Uh, yeah. Sergio Power, Parisi on his way out. Yep, powered by Parisi, Brian Aloulisi, uh, which rhymes, and uh, obviously <laughs> uh, Nakarawa as well. So, oh, yes. you know, you've got, you've got to be powered by uh, former power. Um, no, I think Toulon, Toulon for the Challenge Cup. I think, um, yeah, there's no last dance there really is there uh, for the URC. And Come 1872. Uh, yeah, I think Glasgow I think are going to take 1872, hey! but only because we had a decent result first leg. <laughs> so, John, final question. When did you first kick Rick, Rick Wakeman out of the group and why? Was it because of his alcoholism? <laughs> oh, damn it, I did it again. It was, uh, yeah, that's a story, again, my lawyer has told me I'm not allowed to discuss, especially <laughs> on uh, public podcasts. So um, I will refer you to, oh, to wow. my previous that's, statements that's regarding news. this. Uh, it is no comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, when you get back together with Steve Howe, maybe we can get together and talk again and discuss how these things have We'll, have get, we'll get a jam going. It'll be good, man. It'll sure. Be good. It'll be so boring. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Guys, as always, it, it's just the best to be able to talk to you. It, it was such a treat to have you both at the same time. Uh, getting you to bounce off each other has just been smashing. I know you have your own actual pod to prepare for uh you probably need to look at some highlights or read some stuff in between now and then but uh (laughs) thank you so much for joining me here on the scrum of the earth it's always the best uh this is literally the most fun i get to have and uh i i can't thank you enough absolute pleasure dude thank you for having us most appreciated as always really happy to come on and uh and uh, and and blather about rugby (laughs) well if you want blather you've come to the right place Cheers to you both. Thank you so much for joining us. Cheers and be well. It gives me great pleasure to be here today. All right, that was neat.